Hi, everyone. We're going to talk about Atlanta really soon, but first, I want to let you know about two exciting things happening at The Ringer. Number one, chef and Momofuku founder Dave Chang has his own podcast on The Ringer Network. It's called The Dave Chang Show, which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. It launched this week. His first episode is with Bill Simmons, and it's about what it was like opening Major Domo, which is an excellent restaurant here in Los Angeles. So, again, you can subscribe to The Dave Chang Show wherever you get your podcasts. Number two, our fearless robot leader, David Shoemaker, is doing a Westworld recapables. It's its own feed because people just really need as much time with their theories about the robots as they possibly can get. So if you are a fan of Westworld, if you are a fan of David Shoemaker, if you are a fan of the many other Ringer staffers who will be guests on that show, look for it. It's its own feed, Westworld recapables. And now we're going to talk about Atlanta. Hello, and welcome to The Recapables, a podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Amanda Dobbins, the culture editor for The Ringer. Today, I am joined by Allison Herman. Greetings. And Justin Charity. Let's get this money. And we are here to talk about Atlanta, specifically North of the Border, Episode 9. Hey, man, if you want this money, we need this college fan base. And, you know, first is this, then it's Spring Fling, and that's 60K guarantee. The chickens have come home to roost for Urn, for Paperboy, for everyone. This was a pretty plot-heavy episode. An ensemble-heavy? Yes. This, this is the first time that Donald Glover has been a meaningful character on his own show for basically half the season. Yes. Meaningful, yes. Uh, inspiring character, no, which <laughs> no. we'll come back to. That's Urn, not Donald Glover. Respect to Donald Glover. Charity, give me the basic plot break- breakdown. Okay. So the boys this time around. The ensemble is the boys. Yes. So we got Tracy, yes. Ern, Paperboy, Darius. Yes. And they got to get in a car and they got to go play a show with a bunch of college kids for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which already the logic of this, right? It's a free show yeah. that Paperboy is going to do. Yeah. What like, Do you recall the name of the sh- free show? Because it's Pajama Jam. So that's something we should talk about. <laughs> We should talk about it. We talk about the costuming for this Yeah, it's, that's true. Who it's said really Meryl Streep has the monopoly on loungewear? It's a great point. <laughs> All right. So they're playing the pajama jam. Right. And I should say Tracy's not supposed to go. Originally, the episode begins and it's it's Ern and Paperboy being like, we got to go. And, and Tracy recruits himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, he promises Paperboy. He's like, oh, I'll be the security, which... Right. That's the setup for all Great. four of them going. Yep. He goes from almost getting shot because he's not actually supposed to be in Paperboy's apartment to being a member of the entourage in, in record time. In fairness, that is how hip-hop works. So, I, you know, <laughs> it's actually not that. I feel like that's how all house guests work. It's like you're still here three months later. Anyway. I find Tracy's, like, self-confidence and assurance really admirable. He has whatever the opposite of imposter syndrome yes. is. Yeah, That's totally. him. That's <laughs> why he exists. All right, so they go to the pajama jam. Well, they don't go straight to the pajama jam. They go to their lodging, I should mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Um, and the lodging, so basically Earn, because Earn is Earn, hasn't gotten a hotel, hasn't even gotten an Airbnb. Instead, he's like linked up with this woman, I would say actually girl, because my first thought was it's a young woman with 300 Instagram followers. I bet they're setting this person up to be 16. Right. 
Her name is Violet, and she has some interesting conversational habits, shall we put yeah. it that way. And dreams. Yeah, yeah. and dreams. dreams. Yes. I had a dream about you. We were holding each other naked by this river. And you were this beautiful white crane. And I was this magnificent crocodile. <laughs> and you were just laying there, holding each other for warmth. And then I ate you. There was blood everywhere. But he survives. Well, yeah, I mean, he he survives at least until Pajama Jam. Right. Right. And yeah. they, they're in this auditorium. They don't even get a green room. It's so disrespectful. They don't get a green room. They're just in an auditorium. It's all a free acts. show called Pajama Jam I at know, a Statesboro but- College. <laughs> I just am like, this is a little bit what you see is what you get. Of course, there's not a green room. Yeah, can you give us some Georgia intel on, like, what Statesboro is? is? Statesboro is a town uh, south of Atlanta. I believe this is supposed to be Georgia Southern. It, that's the the university that is in the actual Statesboro. Um, and it's pretty much what you see. This seems like an <laughs> accurate representation. I don't know. I would—and we'll, we can come back to this, but knowing what I know— about Statesboro and also the music industry. I would not go to a free show called Pajama Jam in Statesboro, but that's just me. Yeah, so you wouldn't says, go now or you wouldn't have gone at the time of the age of the characters well, who were at uh, Pajama Jam? That's a great question. Because um, I, would, I would be all for some Pajama Jam. I went to Georgetown, <laughs> though. It's a little different. But I went to some Pajama Jam. I mean, I suppose everyone in college is susceptible to the party theme especially on campus, myself included. What I, The distinction I would make here is that Paperboy, Darius, and Tracy don't actually go to this college. So they're electing to drive in a car a decent distance to attend Pajama Jam for free. Yeah, the, the logic here is a little suspect. The idea is that they'll acquire a college audience and then they can get the 60K gigs that will actually pay. Right. This is clearly not one of them. Although the college circuit is definitely a reliable thing for rappers. When I was in college, some of our like spring fling artists were like Wiz Khalifa and Lupe Fiasco mm-hmm. and Macklemore, which was regrettable. But yeah, it's a tough one. No one was Listen, appreciated, but I'm sure I, they made I saw money. Coolio, I saw Coolio <laughs> perform. Okay, you in win. The Georgetown cafeteria. <laughs> you had way better bickers than we did. 2007. Yeah. yeah, you know it happened. No one would come to New Hampshire. Okay, pajama jam happens, and then. Well, this Pajama Jam really ha- – it's like Pajama Jam almost ha- – basically, they're in the holding area, the green room, which is really just, again, it's sort of outside of the auditorium. And mind you, Tracy's the security. Tracy. The Tracy we all know and love who is just, like, incompetent and has no real skills as a security. And I believe it's <laughs> Violet is the one who, like, is standing above him, above Paperboy, when Paperboy is sort of talking to some other girls. Mm-hmm. And – jealously like pours a drink on his head or pours a little bit of a drink on his head to interrupt him. Mm-hmm. And then Tracy rushes off and plays, he's playing the security role and basically push comes to shove and he accidentally 
shoves a girl down the stairs. Oh, not accidentally. accidentally. Yeah, <laughs> not, not accidentally. Sorry, sorry. Push comes to shove. Literally. Well, because he turns push away. Comes, push yeah, comes he, to he shove. does it. Push it's just comes that, to shove and then yes. he shoves. Yes. It was and kind of a like, her, but, get out of here shove, but right, it clearly wasn't considering that she is on top of a staircase. And the right. way that it's filmed, they, it's a very slow-mo of her tumbling no, for yeah. three steps in a way that I was quite nervous. I was like, oh my God, there's about to be a traumatic head injury and I really yeah, am not prepared yeah. Yeah, someone's to getting charged with manslaughter. Yeah. 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 Um, so, thankfully, that doesn't happen in that Ern catches her. But then... But then the girl's so... Uh, her... Her name's her Violet. Bro- Violet, thank you. Violet's brother is also at the concert and just sees basically the altercation between Violet and Tracy and rolls up with all of his boys and by that point, Tracy's already run back to Paperboy. So now it's the standoff between Ern, Darius, uh, Tracy, and Paperboy. And then there's just mob of people who actually go to the college. Mm-hmm. And they spell out on the sidewalk. And Ern is like, okay, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to, this is diplomacy. I got this. This is what I do. And we listening, nigga. What? Watch it all. Hey, relax, relax, this dude, relax, man. relax. I'm, I'm you want to square up? No, 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 no. Relax. It's cool. Okay, listen. We're all here to have a good time. Black people, just non-violent. We're trying to. Oh! Oh! Run, nigga, run. And it seems like it's settling down, and then out of nowhere. Tracy throws the <laughs> Tracy. longest punch across the screen and hits the brother in the face and knocks him to the sidewalk. And then he's like, okay, I did that, but there are all these other guys. And so he tells them all to run. And so they run through, they run through like all of the buildings of the school and they run to the point where uh, basically the whole group of people loses track of them and then they're lost in the woods. Tracy is definitely the kind of person you need security from. All right. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do Tracy in a minute. Charity, they don't end up in the middle of the woods. They end up outside a frat house. Well, but I, I thought at first they were briefly in the Maybe I was thinking of the last episode too yeah. much. I thought that they were kind of wandering for a bit and it's dark and they're just sort of like, where are we? And then they arrive. You've isolated a theme that has run throughout this season, which is these characters wandering around in unfamiliar locations where it definitely looks like they're entering a horror film and they yeah. were they're like wandering around in this and then suddenly they're entering the horror film of this southern fraternity which that just well, becomes a real thing can we talk about how like the first the first hint they pick up on where they are yeah. is Darius says he smells citronella no here's what he says he smells hats weed <laughs> citronella Right. And then he's led to the frat house, and then he goes, that explains the citronella. <laughs> right. Darius is just a font of insight. His, yeah, his uh, rules about Instagram follower accounts, I yeah. thought, were also ones to live by. Exactly. <sighs> so they go into this frat house, and then the next shot is just— I, I'm just going to— I watched this on my computer in an office setting, and people were walking kind of behind me as I was watching this, and I was like, I— this is not great. This I is not you. a great time. And it wasn't even, so we should say, we received an advanced screening, an advanced screener, uh, which contained full frontal nudity. And we were, if you watched it on FX tonight, 
You did not get the full frontal nudity because they apparently had to cut it from the cable. But if you go to the FX app, you may experience what I experienced and what Allison and Charity experienced all in a professional setting, which was a group of pledges, quote, pledges to this fraternity, totally naked except for paper bags on their head in two lines lined up in front of a like truly giant Confederate flag. And then they had to do a dance to Laffy Taffy uh, with Full Frontal. All right, Pledge, get the fuck up! Gonna do this dance for our new friends! Stab, y'all! Giving dick swinging a whole new meaning. <laughs> it was quite something. How about that? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I've lived in a fraternity house. So I wouldn't yeah. say I've never seen it before. <laughs> the general, you know, even the contours of the situation. I felt like there were, were a lot of elements me. coming together, and I was like, okay, this is not what I was expecting in, in this office. But well, it's yeah. also, I mean, you talked about the idea of them always, or, or this season, that a lot of the characters seeming like they're on the outskirts of a horror film. Yes. And it, I will say that when they first get to the frat house, the way it's lit is very, shall I say, tiki torchy. And mm-hmm. then when they get inside, there's just a huge Confederate flag behind uh, Urn and Paperboy on the couch. Yeah. It's some scary shit. That uh, one, the say. one shot of those guys in the line. And I assume that this will make it to FX because it's shot from behind. So it's just their butts. And thank you to Nez Franz for like pioneering bare butts on TV so that we could get to this moment. But I do think that shot of the the two lines with the Confederate flag framing it was quite scary. And and the paper bags on their heads, it was a lot. It's scary, then, yeah. although it plays out a little less. Like, one of the things I actually really liked about this episode is that they break the tension by having Ern and Paperboy just recognize how insane this yes. is and just burst out laughing. Yes. Because I certainly, like, I think I was creeped out until the moment Laffy Taffy started, and yeah. then I was just in hysterics. Yeah. All of that happens, and then we kind of get to the heart of the episode and kind of— that that was a lot of plot, but setting us up to the actual season arc, which happens after the pledges have been dismissed. Charity, what happens? Well, so Earn and Paperboy are just sort of on the couch. They've they've been smoked out. They're finally like having this this respite in this episode that has otherwise been very stressful so far. Mm-hmm. And Paperboy wants to have this heart-to-heart with Earn, and Earn thinks that Paperboy finally is realizing that, like, yo, Tracy is crazy, and he's obviously very bad at security. Look at this terrible situation we're in. And Paperboy's like, nah, the problem is you. Like, we're here in the first place playing a free concert that went off the rails. Like, what are we doing? And then he brings up that... um He's been talking to the rapper Clark County, the popular sort of sellout rapper Clark County's management. The Yoohoo rapper. The, the industry plant. Mm-hmm. The industry plant, as they as they call him. <laughs> as Darius calls him, um, back at Pajama Jam. But Paperboy reveals that he's been talking to Clark County's management and that he's basically, he's he thinks he's going to sign a deal with them to be his new manager. And that means Earn has to go. So after nine episodes, we're finally here. Earn. Yeah. Earn has been, well, 
Yeah, Atlanta's not a predictable show yes. as a whole. Exactly. But they've really been planting these seeds yeah. for a yeah. while. Yeah. In the in the moment, it's sort of once once Paperboy makes it clear that he thinks the problem is is Earn, Earn doesn't actually say a lot. He doesn't say he, anything. He doesn't say anything. He just wa- he stands up. He walks very slowly out of the room in the sh- again in the strange, scary fraternity house, and that's all we get for that moment. Is Ern saying nothing and just sort of bawling his fist and walking off screen? Look, you family man, and I'm trying to ride with you, but sometimes that shit ain't enough, bro. Because money is important. I see exactly what's happening out here. Getting colder. It's getting harder to eat. I need shit. Lottie needs shit. You need shit. I gotta make my next moves my best moves, man. So something gotta shake. I don't think you cut out for it. Yeah, really like proving everything that Paperboy says to him, right? Like mm-hmm. Paperboy says, you're not cut out for this. And right. it's not really malicious, it's just a factual statement. And then Earn proceeds to demonstrate how poorly suited he is to abdicate for himself, let alone someone else, by just being like, okay, and then going off to lick his wounds and uh, indulge in what Cat Williams called that chip on your shoulder shit. <laughs> yeah. It almost felt a little anticlimactic in the sense that we have been waiting for this really since episode two, I would say, or maybe episode three, fake Spotify. And it becomes very clear that there is another path that Paperboy is interested in and there are managers who are interested in him and Earn is really out of his depths. And we've and it's kind of like this the season took a four-episode detour of various character studies and whatever until we kind of came to this point that we've been we knew it was coming. But Atlanta likes to do this thing where like the really conceptual stuff s- still builds and lays the groundwork for the really yeah. concrete stuff. So Al having this like really abstract, potentially imaginary vision quest in the woods leads directly to, like, a very concrete business decision. Right. So the business decision is made, or at least Al announces it. And then they all got to drive home. Right. And they wait till morning to do this, which means they spend the whole night in the house, which I don't like thinking about. Yeah. Uh, They... Drive home. Wait, what's the sequence of events here? Because it's how do they do they walk home or they drive home? They take like a university shuttle, I think, back to where they were staying, where they have left their car and all their things in the possession of this person we last saw getting shoved down the stairs. Right. And subsequent to that, the car is all banged up Mm -hmm. and all of the belongings that the four gentlemen have left in the house that they were staying in are on the lawn, just thrown thrown out. Uh, they go through all the belongings that are thrown on the lawn. They see that they've been cut up, including the shoes, into some very interesting and artistic patterns. <laughs> really innovative. Yeah. Yeah. Darius is Beautiful. like, I can't I've... even be mad. I'm, <laughs> I'm just impressed. <laughs> And so now there's this standoff outside of this apartment building, or they're dorms. Like it's it's dorm housing, but there there's this standoff. None of the girls who are inside of the house are opening up, and and mind you, it's like Ern hasn't really said anything. He hasn't said anything for a few minutes now. He's mm-hmm. just sort of like mad, and so Ern just hauls off on the door and he pulls the fire alarm. 
because his laptop is in there. And he has to get his laptop, and he's frustrated, and all he wants is to get his laptop and go home. And so he basically rains down Armageddon on this apartment complex to get his laptop back. And Ern is always the person who's like, don't escalate this. Don't cause trouble. We need to keep our eye on the prize. And then as soon as that's rendered kind of moot, he finally throws caution to the wind. He becomes Tracy for like a (laughs) minute. (laughs) And so Uh, then they have to drive back, all four. In the car, which we've seen, it's kind of a, it's a flashback to the the drive out certainly. But I was also reminded of kind of that interstitial in Teddy Perkins, which is kind of the only comic relief is the four of them in a car on much better terms. And then here they are, and everything kind of boils over. And Ern finally, well, does he stand up for himself? Is that how we would term it? I think it's. He's almost deliberate, or not almost. I think he knows that he doesn't stand a chance against Tracy. I think he just wants his yeah. his internal pain to be externalized or some other psychoanalytic explanation. But I think, yeah. like, there have been these moments like the Michael Vick race where he thinks this is finally his big break and he's deluded into thinking he stands a chance. And I think here he's like... I'm not going to win this fight. I just need to get my aggression out or have some aggression taken out on me, which is maybe like a an eighth of a psychological step forward, like pragmatism-wise, but it's it's tough to watch. <laughs> we should say that Tracy's be on the, in the ride, the final ride back. Tracy's just being really irritating in the yeah. car. He pulls out this antique pistol that he stole from the white boys at the frat house. <laughs> and that's sort of what set, sets Ern off, and he finally starts talking, and he talks shit, and he's like, Paperboy, pull over the car. I'm going to fight him. I'm going to fight Tracy. I'm going to beat his ass. <laughs> right. He's and, finally, he's provoked into action. Right. Not unlike not, Al in the last episode, for what it's worth. Yeah. They do get out of the car. Tracy very much is like, look, we don't have to do this. Like, come on. Like, come on. And Tracy's the tallest of the four. I should say, he's sort of the, he's the most built of the four gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> yes. He just got out of prison. He this just is got not out of prison. the person you want to be t- asking to fight you. Yeah, it's like Ern fighting a tall man in a do-rag. It's just like, you know, you size it up from across the screen. You're just like, all right, well, I guess we'll see how this is going to go. And they show a lot of it in this in this wide shot that just lets you really revel yeah. in, in how much It's hard to watch. I had a moment to myself of, like, you can't show full frontal, but you can show this. Like, I, I'm, I think everyone can handle both. But it's, it's pretty real. And it ends up with Ern very much on the ground. Ern is on the ground. Uh, there's a sort of faraway shot of Ern while everybody else piles back into the car where Ern is struggling to stand up and he looks really just bewildered and like he just got punched in the face a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he files back in the car and then there's just like this shameful moment where it's like, well, Tracy won the fight. He literally just beat him up in front of all of these guys. It's this very primal moment. Like since the beginning of the season, like the first time... Tracy and Ern meet. It's they're fighting over space. They're fighting over territory yeah. in Paperboy's apartment, and it sort of culminates with this very primal fight of two guys on a curb, um, establishing like who is the person who has Paperboy's favor, Tracy or Ern. And yeah, and and it's it's Tracy right. inexplicably. <laughs> and then yeah, it's very Darwinian, but like. Darius and Paperboy are not without culpability here. Like, yeah, I'm not one to give Ern any credit for anything, but they're kind of disappointingly tolerant of 
Tracy being an asshat. Yeah, and I do kind of feel like the, the episode ends with all four of them back in the car, but they aren't the gang anymore. You know, like the, they're disintegrated. The, yeah, yeah, the various ruptures are kind of evident. And so it's sad. And it's very clear that how the episode started and how the season sort of started is is no longer the case. So it's a pretty eventful episode, I would yeah. say. Yeah, it's also this really weird case of, like, Ern almost getting what he wished for. Yeah. Like, Ern is always, of the two of them, is definitely way more focused on career and money and mm-hmm. ambition, and he always wants er- Paperboy to focus on his career. And once Paperboy, like, takes his advice, he realizes that Ern is not a part of that, you know, yeah. renewed focus on the career. Yeah. So... We do some we do awards on the show. We've just got a couple on this one, but given that it's a, a it's both a important eventful episode and an episode where like a lot of things go wrong, we have the award for worst decision. There are a lot of people making mistakes on this episode as essentially uh, we just discussed at great length. Charity, you alluded to yours. Okay, worst decision. Yeah. I I get it. They wanted weed and they were tired. They should not have gone after that house. <laughs> yeah. Even before they saw the naked pledges. Like, I'm telling you, I, I I know about that life. You see crazy white boys in the woods. They're really into rap. They're naked people. They're marching naked people. Around. Like, yeah. they have guns. Everything yeah. about this situation. I, I do like how they handle it and it, how they're not, again, totally terrified because there is this undercurrent in the end. Between Earn and Paperboy, where it's like, well, white people are crazy. Like, what can you do about them? But yes. you ain't need to go in that house. No, it's Mm-mm. true. I feel like there's this whole secret history of Justin Charity that I'm getting glimpses of, yeah. but would like to hear more about. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's a good point. And I, again, to call back to the horror theme that is running through this whole season, it's a real don't go in the house, don't go in the house moment. And there have been a lot of those, but this is a very strong don't go in the house there was no reason to. There was. There was weed in the house. But there was, like, weed, let's on the, give him credit. There was weed on the front porch. It's literally uh, handed down to Paperboy. He didn't even have to step on the structure. But yeah, there but was once more you inside. Step on the, no, that's not how frat houses. You stepped yeah. on the structure. You stepped on that patio. Yeah. You were, it was it. All right. It no, I don't disagree with you. You also, it is a strange choice to stay there all night. Like, after the Laffy Taffy dance. After the conversation where Ernest, where Paperboy essentially fires Ern, or at least states his intention to fire him, then they're just, like, there for several more hours. Yeah, it's this weird echo of Van and the girls sticking around at Drake's yeah. till dawn once, once they have gotten their ill-gotten selfie. <laughs> yes. The shot of them walking, doing kind of their own version of a walk of shame in their various satin pajamas, it's great. I will say some frats do like maybe they did a nice breakfast type situation that kind of <laughs> What are you way. imagining? You know what I mean? What's on the menu? I just think like a lot of bacon. Like it's a bunch of guys. They only really know how to cook bacon, but they probably have one of those big like electric skillet type situation. I don't know. They might have had bacon and don't mimosas. Don't like rich southern why. frats have like private chefs. I definitely. Uh, um, I, I think sororities might. Yeah. Come on now. No. It's a bunch of sloppy boys on the border. Like come on. It's. You're giving us way too much credit. Yeah, it's not. It's a bunch of boys living, like, in really, really, really I gross just really circumstances. Wanted the, the grossest. I wanted Earn to, like, have a silver lining of that night. Yeah. So, in my head, I hope he got a great breakfast. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Your worst decision is a decision by Earn. Do you want to share? Is. We talked about it earlier, but just the fact that, 
you know, he's getting this referendum on his abilities and personality and general suitability from his client slash family member. When Paperboy tells him, like, you are not good enough to be my manager, he doesn't make any effort to disprove that. He doesn't take any actions. He doesn't say any words. And it's just this, like, really horribly self-defeating pro- or self-fulfilling prophecy and earns fundamental character trait slash character flaw is his passivity. It's that he allows, he lets shit happen to him, which is exactly what he says he's afraid of becoming, but he doesn't take any affirmative steps. And I'm very curious where the future of Ern's character goes. Part of me, like, doesn't think it's inconceivable for Donald Glover to just, like, write his own character off the show. Maybe we won't see him next episode and we'll come back to him doing something else, but nothing about Earn's personality or actions has really led us to believe that either Paperboy is wrong or that he will take this as a wake-up call and fix himself. You know, it's interesting. I, I said this felt inevitable. This had been teased for forever, and, like, we finally got there. And I don't mean to say that, one, it's definite, because you never know on this show or any television show, and also that it felt anticlimactic is unfair, but it just felt predetermined in a way that things often don't feel on Atlanta. And I do kind of wonder, a traditional television show would be like, this sets up the net conflict for the next season of Ern is going to be doing his thing and like, will Al succeed and will they need each other and will they come back together? And I, you know, there there is certainly a lot of dramatic material in that setup that Atlanta could explore, and I trust them to do it in an interesting way. But that does seem a little too predictable. I'm almost surprised that we got to where I thought we might get. Yeah, I do think, like, it's not the season finale. Yeah. I think the season finale, if I had to guess, is going to be a little less predictable. I don't know who we're going to see. I don't know if Van's going to come back. I don't know if it's going to be Paperboy solo. I don't know if it's going to be Earn solo. But I do think, like, they had to get this out of the way. Yeah. you know, two plot-heavy episodes in a whole season is is fine. <laughs> no, I, and you need plot on a television show. It is just kind of interesting, especially after the last four episodes where I had— I was in a space where I was just kind of used to bottle episodes and random experiments and we'll kind of—we'll mosey into things. And it is not quite jarring, but just surprising. Like, here we are back with forward yeah. plot. Well, this is a show that also likes to, instead of moving forward, it goes deep. Yeah. So I do think, like, they've they've gotten what they can out of this, like, current dynamic of Paperboy deciding whether he wants to really commit and Earn not being able to kick his ass into gear. And then they finally, like, they need a big thing to happen so that they can set up the next, like, five or six right. weird bottle episodes. Right. My worst decision is uh, bringing Tracy it seems like it seems, it's kind of like a butterfly effect. Like a lot of things would have gone very differently. I mean, and he's obviously the most exciting part of the episode in a way. The juxtaposition of like the hijinks and the pajama chase, which is very funny, and him almost throwing someone down a stair stairs, which was frightening. He really brings like that dramatic moments that you need in order to contrast with the kind of interior Al and Paperboy relationship. Yeah, there's a really frustrating blindness about him. And if Paperboy is going to decide to commit, part of that is obviously, like, getting a better manager. Yeah. But part of that is also getting rid of your liabilities. Yeah. 
I also just like, why are you stopping the car? No, but that's uh, that's honor. Like, come on. I know. Now. I get why he ultimately stopped. Like, I know. they had to fight it out. Yeah, I know. That. But that's just, it's such a male thing also. Yeah. yeah that's, um, mm-hmm. Are you supposed to be on Earn's side or are you supposed to be on Paperboy's side? Are you supposed to, whose side are you supposed to be on at this point? Well, first of all, I will say on this particular episode of The Recapables, mm-hmm. we have heard a lot of Earn slander. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I will say in a few moments, I, yeah. I, I would like to mount a counter argument. Well, why don't you go ahead? So we were going to do instead of most valuable player, we were going to do least valuable player because everyone is kind of fumbling through this episode. Justin Charity, take it away. Okay. I would say Clark County's manager, right, who's the one who's jockeying for Paperboy's affections, I would say least valuable player. And and here's the problem, I think. This is a classic charity take. Why is it? Well, okay. I'm going to mount it. This is a real deep cut. Keep going. (laughs) Because because I think as much as we've focused on the idea that Earn doesn't stick up for himself Mm -hmm. and Earn has a hard time articulating his value— I, I think a lot of that is glossing over the fact that Paperboy doesn't do anything. He literally is a rapper who doesn't make any music. I knew you were going to bring this up. This. No, no. Well, okay, but let me let me get into it. All right. Which okay. is just to say that in the in the two seasons of the show, it's like the things that would lead Clark County's manager. I think a couple of points. One, the things that would lead Clark County's manager to be interested in Paperboy have not really been set up by the show, and the sense in which. Paper boy would look at Earn with this sense of you're not pulling your weight. It's just like, well, but Earn as as little weight as he pulls pull, somehow pulls more weight than Paper Boy has ever pulled in the show since the first episode. I disagree with that. I do think it's somewhat unfair to Earn to be like, okay, well now I'm following your advice, and so I'm going to kick you out. Like ignoring the fact that Earn has been pushing for this. I do think the way the the show appra- approaches Paperboy's career is not. It's not happening. It just drops like very oblique hints about like the learning this the new single has gone gold at the opening of episode three. Or like gold when we when we're at the pajama jam, they have performed. We just don't see it. Like I just think the way the show conceives of Paperboy's career is like it's on a very gradual upward trajectory that's just not as like stratospheric as it could or should be. I think there's a lot. There is stuff happening. It's just understood to be off screen because that's not what the show wants to be about. Maybe vaguely, but for me, the Spotify episode that where where Paperboy literally just refuses to do anything, it it so undermines the idea of that because it's literally a show dedicated to showing like Earn has done the thing. He set up the meeting at, with the people who have the money, and Paperboy's whole approach to it is. I'm just going to be a grump. I'm not going to talk. I'm going to not perform. I'm going to just totally botch this opportunity. And Charity, to your, there is some backup to this. In the last episode, when Al Paperboy is being confronted with by the various authority figures or new people in his life, and he is on, he's hanging out with the Instagram star in the in the nail salon, and they're fighting a little bit about. They're fighting over whether she can take a picture of him, but they're really fighting about how one gets famous and what fame and success are. And is it and she's willing to play the game and he is really repulsed by the game and repulsed by the kind of the things that you need to do to be the things at least that you need to do to be her version of famous. And which from the YooHoo endorsement and kind of the 
the clues that we've been given about Clark County, he is a little bit more willing to play that version of the game as well. And I, I don't know that the the show presents Al as right or wrong on either on that particular issue. Like he's reluctant and you can understand why he's reluctant, but also he's a little recalcitrant and it's like, do you want to be a rapper? Do you not want to be a rapper? So I think your point is well taken. It might just also be that they have not, that in cutting some of the plot corners, they haven't really established him as a rapper as much as you, as much as you, Justin Charity, demand, which is a valid point. Yeah, I've always just understood him to be, like, gradually ascendant, and we'll see things that happen as, like, a result of that ascendance. We just don't see it, which, yeah, I do think, like, sometimes it's cool that the show fast-forwards past that, and sometimes it leads to, you know, ambiguities about things that are very right. important to its its sense right. of place. You sound like you're trying to get Paperboy as a client. Like, well, you just go, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> No, Allison Herman. Oh, that's me, rap manager, Allison Herman. <laughs> you're obviously very, I don't know, I, it's, it sounds like your manager, really. I, <laughs> I don't know, but can you blame the manager for trying to get a client? Isn't that what managers do? Oh, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, I'm suspicious of that guy. I don't know, it's like Clark County, that's the other thing. I look at Paperboy sort of gravitating toward him, and it's funny because you've seen You've seen Paperboy and Earn have dual reactions to a Clark County, like, viral song, mm-hmm. and Paperboy hated it. And it's yeah. just like, wait, so your bright idea here as a struggle rapper, your bright idea is to gravitate toward this guy who's going to make you do these things that you established in previous episodes that you thought were embarrassing and no-goes for you creatively. As this doesn't sound like great judgment. As Paperboy's backseat manager, I think, like, the real— best course of action for him is probably to find someone who, like, can respect his preferences, but is also just better connected and maybe more motivated than Earn is. But, like, for the purposes of the show, it helps to have kind of a false binary between either, like, the guy who keeps you real because he's a member of your family and he never makes you that uncomfortable or pushes you that far outside your comfort zone and the guy who's just, like, a complete creature of industry sellout. But yeah, I think you know. I think option- Allison, could you could you imagine if Amanda was uh, Paperboy's manager? <laughs> yeah, I think like what if Paperboy came us, the ringer? The person best suited to actually manage a rap career is, is Amanda. Here's what I was gonna say, and I agree with Allison. You know, option three is always the best option. The option we don't have, but um, Earn took him to Statesboro to perform in something called Pajama Jam for free. <laughs> like, I don't, I am not a manager, but, but I so know did, that those are not terms I would agree to. But here's the thing. So did Clark County's manager. We don't Clark know County's if he was for free. Made the we don't know decision. if it was yeah. for free. Uh, here we, we don't go. know if it was for free. Okay. I would like to see the rates. Okay? Oh, Let me you know. You're yeah. yeah, right. really, We're really I'm, proving my yeah, point it's here. It's important to advocate for yourself. All right. <laughs> Least valuable player, Allison. So mine is just a tie between Tracy and Earn. They're the two most obvious choices. They're the two most accurate choices. I don't want, I'm not so down on Earn that I'm just giving him the uncontested title, but they both act really badly and really stupidly and in really avoidable ways. And once again, I think of Paperboy, we're really acting from a total place of smarts and savvy, he would get both of them out of the entourage, not just Earn. That's I think we've covered the ground for for those arguments well enough. I won't belabor it. Yeah, it's not a happy time in the foursome. That's kinda 
the, that's what we walk away with. It's not great. No one's doing their best. I was going to say I mean, Darius. Darius survived a murder-suicide. And but listen, <laughs> we saw what Darius can do in a crisis situation. And where is he yeah. now? He's just like chasing he the coasted. citronella scent. What? He coasted. He really coasted yeah. this episode. I Darius. did love that there was like, hey, Tracy, there's no room for you. You're not actually going to be doing anything at this event. Meanwhile, Darius is just assumed to be tagging along, even though he serves no actual purpose besides bonhomie, I guess. Like, Yeah. And I mean, this is... That makes sense, right? This is actually realistic. Groups of friends have their rough moments. And especially when, like, money and careers are involved, this was inevitable. And I think pretending otherwise would have been foolhardy. But um, no one no one comes out of this looking great. That's what, that's what I would say. Yeah, I hope we go, like, fully out on the season on, like, not an upper note, but a relatively upper note. Yeah, or, you know, I mean, I do think, and I don't think the show will do this, and I don't think the show should do this, but the la- the four episodes preceding this, which kind of did follow these characters individually, did make the case that the Atlanta has created enough of a world that you could follow them pretty individually. And I, if, you know, Darius got an episode and then kind of floated through the background of the other and Earn was only on FaceTime for a couple episodes. I I would still watch the show. It would still be compelling to me. In some ways, it would be more connected to real life. To, to bring up a project from Donald Glover's distant past, this was something that girls had to deal with and didn't do a good job of. Not at all. I mean, they, they had a blow-up fight in episode four or in, in season three where the central foursome of that show basically, like, effectively ended their friendship or would have ended their friendship if it was real life. And then the show went on for three more seasons without finding a really convincing way to bring them back together. And I, I also hope that Atlanta has done enough and they've done enough solo episodes to be like, okay, even if these people either never hang out again or just don't hang out again for, like, a good long while, we can still exist as a show in a way that, like, makes sense. I realize, though, sometimes groups of men just pretend stuff like this never happened and just mm. uh, move on with their life. Charity, you're nodding. That's the real LVP yeah, of this episode. Yeah. It's masculinity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's actually, I feel like that's Literally, a good LVP. Please look at what is what written down. Oh, my God. I actually have it. Allison oh, did not see this document, it? and I have masculinely written down as my answer for least valuable player. Charity, sorry. please defend. The concept of Okay, but first off, because they look really cute in pajamas. So I feel like they, they I don't know, I mean... They're, the camaraderie is still, that's the thing. Yeah, You're right. They true. make a lot of dumb decisions. It's they true. make them from a very it's masculine true. place. But uh, is there romanticism there? I don't know. I'll, I'll piece it together one of these days. Okay. Charity will come back to defend masculinity. We will be back next week to talk about another episode of Atlanta. If I could offer some parting advice, it is do not go to a pajama gym for free. I, I give that to you, Allison Herman, and you, Justin Charity, and everyone who is listening. Demand at least $10 for your appearance at Pajama Jam. Thank you, everyone. We will be back next week. Thank you, rap manager Amanda Dobbins. Oh, God. (laughs) See y'all at Pajama Jam. Nope. One last note. Our theme song was made by our friends at songfinch.com. Check out Songfinch to turn your stories, memories, and even your feelings into a -a one-of-a-kind song by professional musicians. It makes the perfect gift for any occasion. That's songfinch.com. 